Our special guest is Pastor Mel Mullen. I just realized this yesterday, is that Pastor Mel and Heather, they planted their church in Red Deer, Alberta, at the exact same time that Kauai Bible Church was being planted here, over 51 years ago. And uh, they, they built a, a thriving church in Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, and then when the church began to explode, they began to plant churches all over the world. And they have now planted over 100 churches all over the world. Come on, give praise for that. <laughs> Pastor Mel has since turned the church over to his son. And the church is continuing to thrive now with the second generation of leadership. And Mel now commits himself full-time to traveling the world and pouring into churches. And so we honor Pastor Mel as being an apostle in the kingdom of God. And we recognize that apostolic authority. And we're so excited to receive the word that he's going to bring us today. Will you help us welcome Pastor Mel Mullen? Yes. Thank you, and will you stand up with me right now, and we're going to just pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. Will you just take your hand like this, put it on your heart like this, and say, Lord, speak to me about the vision you have for me, my life, my family, my church. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, I'm going to speak a message. It's called, What do you see? Because what you see is what you will be. Your vision determines your future. And in the scripture, uh, the Lord woke up a sleeping prophet. And one of the problems we have as individuals is we're somewhat spiritually asleep and we don't see what God has for us. When I was a young pastor 51 years ago in the city of Red Deer, we didn't know that what God was going to do with our church, and we had a little group of people. We met on Tuesday night, and we said, Lord, what is your plan for this little group? And, uh, and one of the girls that was in the group, she had a vision of a big wheel that was on fire, and on the middle of the wheel was the, was the hub, and the spokes were reaching out, and the spokes were on fire. Well, we took that vision, and we said, well, what do you want to do, Lord? And so we started doing evangelism in some of the surrounding towns, and today we've got churches in many of those towns that are around, and we have now the vision of the hub, the spokes, and the fire. We took that vision to Africa, to many nations in Africa, and now our church is in many, many different nations where we plant a church and surround that church with other churches, and, uh, and the result is the nations of the world are being affected. Tell you another story. When I was a young man, the same year when we started that church, I was laying on the bed in a dumpy basement suite. It was a dumpy place. It was a terrible place. The, flo the toilet didn't flush properly. The bed was not comfortable. The, 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 the cups and the, uh, you know, in the cupboard were old Malmac cups and were stained. And it was not a very pleasant place. And I laid down on the bed and all of a sudden, and I was depressed as a young man. 
and all of a sudden I heard the sound of angels singing. I heard this same strange sound in my ears, and it sounded like angels were singing mixed with human voices, and it was the most beautiful praise and worship. In that moment, I knew that one day our church would build a church for 2,000 people. Now, that was way back then when we had no, no money, and just a few months ago, I got on an airplane from Africa, I flew home, I cut the ribbon of the 2,000-member church. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. God has a vision for your life, and you got to see it and work at it until it comes to pass. Now, the scripture for today is Zechariah chapter 4, 4 verses 1 through 6. The Lord woke up the sleeping prophet and asked him the question, what do you see? And this is what he saw. And we're going to get the picture there. He says, and he said, back to the Lord, he said, I see two trees. And the trees are olive trees, and the olive berries are dripping with oil, and the oil is flowing down through the golden pipes into the candlestick, which we know is the church. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. This, this picture speaks about you. You are a tree planted by the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You are anointed by the Lord. And when you fit into the structure or flow of the local church, you begin to flow with your anointing. And all of a sudden, the church that you are in is on fire. Somebody shout hallelujah and becomes the light of the world. Now, let's interpret this picture. So whenever God speaks to you, and by the way, he will speak to you by vision. The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. In fact, uh, vision, let me get into it for just a moment. Vision's important. Say it with you, with, will you with me. Vision is important. In fact, it's, it's not just important. It's absolutely essential. Come on, amen. You can't live your life without a vision. Yesterday, I got on, we flew in, the pastor made us get up very, very early, come on, amen. We got on the airplane there in, uh, in, uh, in Honolulu and flew over here at 7.40, he picks us up about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I begin, I'm in the car, and I'm talking to him, and I said, what's the vision, what's the vision? And he begins to talk to me and begins to tell me about seven years that they've had in this church, come on, amen. Some of them have been trying years, some of them have been good years, come on, amen. But he said that on the, on the 24th year was going to be the year of the breakthrough. Come on, amen. Where the vision of this church was going to be established. And he started talking about the land and the property and the possibilities of what God could do as you jump into 2024 and move in the next couple years. Because something very significant is going to happen. The promises of God given to this church 50 years ago are going to soon come to pass. Come on amen and you're going to see the vision that was birthed in the early days of this church and now is being inspired by your pastor and by his leadership you're going to see it unravel unfold and begin to come to pass without a vision the people perish this word vision means a spoken word of prophecy and I've been around this church long enough, been in and out of this church, that there are spoken words of prophecy of what God is about to do. Somebody shout hallelujah. And by the way, God hasn't changed his mind. What he said he will do. 
The little vision God gave me laying on that, on that bed came to pass. Come on, amen. And it's just a matter of time. Vision is important, too. Vision is a spoken word of prophecy. Vision is power. Vision is purpose. It's the reason for your existence. When you have a vision given to you by God, I don't care. It may be in the area of your professionalism. It may be in the area of your business. It may be in the, the, you know, the calling and relationship to your life. Amen. It is very important. It is a spoken word. It's a power, and it describes your purpose, and it's the very reason that God puts you on the planet Earth. And so you've got to understand. You've got to ask the Lord, what's the vision? And then you've got to retract what he has said to you. I actually have in my pocket a telephone, my little cell phone. I keep in my cell phone a little section there. It's called prophetic words. And every time God speaks to me and gives me a word, I write it in, I write it in, I write it in, and I read the prophetic words that God has given. I read them over and over and over again. And I not only read the word, I believe the word. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Because it's not enough to hear the word. You've got to believe the word, and then you've got to take action for the word. Vision is, is, is important. It is uh, it is uh, a, a spoken word. It's a purpose. It's, it's your call. It's your mission. It's your mission. I love this right here. What's the mission of this church? Multiplying disciples from, Ka- from Kauai to the ends of the earth. That's your mission. Pastor was telling me that he had a vision, and he's on a mission to see people come to Christ in all the five sections of this great island. Come on, amen. And you're going to see that happen. They're going to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and every place, and they're going to come and fill the seats. Come on, amen. And you're going to build a bigger building, and they're going to come from everywhere. Hallelujah. And you're going to build a church for the glory of God, and the vision is going to be fulfilled. It is, it's your mission. Number five, it's your future. Habakkuk chapter two. And by the way, the book of Habakkuk was written in a time when there was violence. There was trouble. In fact, the prophet was so troubled by what was going on. Uh, and he's, he's talking to God and he's saying, why is there violence? And why is there all this trouble? Read a Habakkuk chapter one. And, of course, if you look at our world, I mean, our world is more mixed up politically, socially, relationally. Come on, amen. And we're in a crisis time. Come on. And, but the Lord, the Lord just said to him in, in Habakkuk chapter 1, he said, he said, I will work a work in your days that you would not believe were so. Come on, somebody. And so then he then chapter two, Habakkuk chapter two, and, and he begins to instruct the prophet Habakkuk, and he says, "Rise up, step up above the to- uh, get up upon the tower." And the tower was the you know the corner of the city, and you would and and look out and see. Everybody said, "See." See, you can't see. If you knew, read the newspaper, come on, amen. It's all about a bad news. Come on, amen. But if you get up on your tower and look up and see, God is about ready to do a work that will surprise you. Come on, amen. In the island of Kauai. Then he says, write the vision. It's not enough to just have the vision or or, you know, have received it, write the vision, write it down. And then he says, make it plain. 
In other words, get some detail to it. Put some times and dates when you believe this is actually going to come to pass. Come on, amen. Write the vision, make it plain, and then he begins to tell you to run with the vision. We tell our church all the time, get out, just start doing something with the vision God's given you. I remember quite a number of years ago in our church, back, oh, this goes back about 16, 18 years ago, and we were, our church was one church in six different locations in Alberta. And I stood up before our church, and this is what I said to them. I said, one day our church, home church, will be in a hundred different locations. And the people looked at me, and they looked like a bunch of stunned rabbits. Come on, amen. And then they, some of them, yeah, sure. Well, today our church is 140 locations. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And we're going into some more new nations, amen. And we go in there, come on, amen, because what God said he will do. And your vis- you begin to run with the vision and you declare your vision. Tell somebody what, what God's going to do. When you got no money in your pocket, declare your vision. When there's no money in the bank at Kauai Bible Church. Come on, amen, to develop that property, amen. Just tell the people what the Lord is going to do. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Write the vision. Make it plain upon the tablet. Begin to run with the vision. Declare the vision, and then wait for the vision. Because vision always has to do with timing. Before I get into the story of, of, of Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, Uh, Let me go through, let me give you the picture. Because nothing happens immediately. It takes time, and it is step by step. Here's the story of our church in Red Deer, Alberta. We started with a little wee group of people in a library. First time I went into that meeting, there were about Jesus people, 30 Jesus people, and they were singing and dancing and praising God and beating the tambourine in a little rented place. Then a pastor felt so sorry for us, I'm serious about this. He felt so sorry for us, this little Jesus people and this poor little pastor. Come on, amen. We were traditional pastors ministering to this handful of Jesus people. And, uh, and he said, well, we'll rent you the building for $3 a service. I said, thank you very much. Well, we outgrow that building. And the pastor said, and with his board, he said, well, we've just given birth to an elephant. Come on, amen. Well, we moved to that next little building right there, which was a coffee house. And we had coffee house church that would handle 60, 75, 80 people. And then I would take some money at the end of every, at the end of every offering, at the end of every service. I would get a little bit of money, and I'd go put it in the bank in a savings account. And I would go into that savings account, and we had a, a special registered little box where you put the money in. And I would go in there, and I would count the money. And every week, every two or three, every two or three months, I'd go in, and, and the, you know, I would go count it until we got $125,000, put it together. We saved the money, and then we bought this next building for a couple, two, three hundred thousand dollars which was known as the People's Church. We named it the People's Church, Church for All People. Well, then, after that, we then had... The next section of our church was this. It was, well, go back to the, the last one. It says the wilderness years. How many of you know there are always some wilderness years? Come on, amen. Because the prophet came to our church and he said, I see. This is what he said. I see. He said, I see. 
thousands of cars dropping, driving by, and, and he began to describe the, 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 the transportation system or the highway system between Edmonton and Calgary. And he said, I see, I see thousands of cars. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. And he said, you're going to buy some land. I see. And so I went shopping for the land. That was a very interesting story. And I went to the city. I said, you got some land over there by, this, by the highway? They said, we don't, sell, we don't sell acres. We only sell plots. I said, okay. They said, go to, the, go, to the, uh, go to the county and see if they'll sell you some land. So I went to the county. And, 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 and so then I went to an old farmer. We got in the old truck, and we drove through along the railway track where there was no highway, but there was going to be a highway. And we sat up there on the, on the hill with a pile of sand on the hill in his old truck, and he told me some colorful stories and I talked to him about Jesus come on somebody shout hallelujah and he said with his son a few weeks later we'll sell you the land and so we he said we'll sell you the land on the basis that you get the subdivision and I said we'll get the subdivision so we made the application for the subdivision the new highway system went in and the, the Red Deer County said no no we will not approve this this the, the subdivision of the land and so I would take the prophecy from, the, from, the, from our church. And at that time, we were in the wilderness. Everybody said the wilderness. Because there will always be a wilderness or a trial or a circumstance. And we were moving from place to place and hotel to hotel and different places where we would have our church because we had sold our church. And we were now the wilderness church wandering in the wilderness. Come on, amen. And I would take the prophecy, and this is what I would say to them. I would say to them, the county says, no, they will. You cannot have the land. But God says, yes. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And so we would make another application. And, uh, and so this time the application went to the city with some city uh, confirmation on the application. And the city said, no. And I said to the, went to see the mayor and I said, mayor, Mr. Mayor, you're my friend. Why did you say no to our church having the property? And he said, well, anything the county wants, the city says no. So we're, here we are caught between the city and the county. So I take the paper and I hold it up to the church on Sunday morning in a rented place in the wilderness. Come on, amen. And I said, the county said no, the city said no, but God says yes. Come on, hallelujah. Because your vision will be tested in times of wilderness. We've all had those wilderness experiences. And eventually, so we made another application, appealed it right to the gray heads, the leaders of the province of Alberta. And I'm sitting around the, the big table with the county, with the mayor, with the engineer, with the different legal people, and the man from, from the from the from the from the, from the province of, he looked across the table and he said, why can't the church have the property? And they said, they sat there numb and glum and, 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 and they just looked like a bunch of stunned rabbits. Come on, amen. They said nothing and he signed the paper. The church will have the property. Come on, somebody showed hallelujah. Then we had to get the money. Come on, amen. Go to the next picture. We had to get the money and there's the start of the building. 
Hallelujah. There's the first building that I, that Heather and I raised the money for, the seats of a thousand people, and the story of that, the story of that is raising money, raising money, and every year we had a capital stewardship program where people brought their money, come on, week by week by week by week by week by week, and we raised thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars and put the building up, and then, next picture is right here where my son just built this beautiful $25 million building, and there I am. We've cut the ribbon. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And the vision God gave to us 51 years ago came to pass. And today, hundreds of new people are coming in and finding Christ. Now, why am I telling you this? Why did I put this message together for Kauai Bible Church? Because what God did for us, he can do for you. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I was up on that land. I walked on that land. Come on, amen. I prayed on that land. And you're going to see in the next couple of years the unfolding of God's great, wonderful plan coming to pass. Come on, amen. Because you write the vision. You, you know, you put it down on, the, on paper. You get the plans. Come on, amen. You start raising the money. You do what's necessary. You sell some land off if necessary. You do what you need to do. Come on, amen. And one day the vision will be fulfilled. It's just a matter of time. Say that with me. It's just a matter of time. Now, let's go back to the story. And it's from that famous passage of Scripture. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We used to sing that song. Not by might, nor by power. Come on, you old timers. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Come on, somebody. Any old timers? Yeah. Are you an old timer? My wife's an old timer. Yeah, she's an old timer. These folks right here in the set right up there, they're old timers. They're, they're actually retired, almost uh, age three. Come on. But there's no retirement. Come on, amen. No, there's no retirement. In fact, we're just getting fired up for the future. And so this is a scripture. Uh, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You'll say to the mountain, be removed, and it'll, remo it'll be removed. And every obstacle you face will be removed. Now, the interesting passage of Scripture here, Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, the Lord says, and get, go back to that picture there so we've got it in front of us. We'll go back to the original picture right there. The Lord speaks to the prophet and says, what do you see? And he said, I see two trees. I see olive trees, olive berries dripping with oil. I see the golden pipes, the structure, which, by the way, the church is a structure. Everybody said amen. Some people think about churches come, this, this mystical thing that kind of floats around the earth. You know, no, it isn't. It's a body. Come on, somebody. Look at this. This is a structure. Doesn't look too bad for 76 years of age. Come on. It's a building. How many know, thank God for the building, but the church is a building. The church is a family. Look at one another and say, you're part of my family. Hallelujah. The church is, when we talk about structure, come on, amen. The church is a marriage. 
Now, if you want to know about structure, get married. Come on, amen. Because when she walked up the, you walked up the altar, or she walked up the altar, she was saying, I will alter you. Come on. Come on, hallelujah. It's a structure. Come on, somebody, get happy about marriage. Come on, amen. You think life was going to be nice when you got married, but you got altered. Come on, amen. I get altered every day of my life. And it's hard to yield. Hallelujah. Church is the army of the Lord. Structure. So we got two trees, olive berries, anointed with oil, with the oil flowing into the structure flowing through the structure, the systems, and ultimately lighting the church. Now, what's the, what's the story? Here's the story. <clears throat> and then we'll put an application to it. The children of Israel had been in Persia, scattered there for 70 years. And they'd been in bondage and in captivity. Daniel was there. Esther was there. The, the three Hebrew boys were there, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're all there. And they were there for, for, for 70 years. And suddenly, the king receives a prophetic word that was written by the, by the prophet Isaiah that he, Cyrus, would rebuild the house of God. Remember that story? And so Cyrus commissions Ezra and Zerubbabel to go back to the city of Jerusalem and rebuild the temple that had been burned, broken, destroyed in the time of the Babylonian captivity. And so Cyrus issues a decree, gives Ezra the, Ezra the, the scribe and, and Zerubbabel the builder the commission, go back and take thousands of people with you and gives them money because they need money. Come on, somebody said you need money. Come on, amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I need some money. Come on, amen. Heather needs more than I need. Come on, amen. The church needs money. Come on, amen. Thank God for money. Hallelujah. Don't be offended about money because it takes money. Hello? It takes money to fulfill the vision. Some people get so offended about money. But money, you gotta have some money. You gotta have some money to, to get here in the car today and put the gas in the car. Come on, amen. And, and feed the wife and get the children. Come on, amen. You had money. And so he gives them the money and, and the treasures, and they return back and they begin laying the foundation of the house of God. Remember the story? And it's the book of Ezra, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. And they're shouting and praising God. The foundation of the Lord's house has been laid. And then there's a verse of scripture in the fourth chapter, and it says, and of course there was opposition. Anybody said opposition. Because every time you try to do something great for God, there will be somebody, something, some purpose that will try to oppose you. Come on, listen to me. There will be resistance towards your vision. It's not always, and you've got to press through the resistance. And so the scripture says in Ezra chapter 4, I think it's verse 28, and the work of the Lord stopped. And for 14 to 18 years, God's people that had come back from captivity 
went up and on the sides of the hills they began building their houses. And it talks about their sealed houses. And instead of being involved with purpose, they got sidetracked in their priorities. Come on, somebody. Because there's two words you got to understand. Purpose, priority. Say it with me. Purpose and priority. And really, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? you got to ask yourself, why did God put me in, you know, on planet Earth in Kauai, in, in the island of Kauai, in Kauai? By, why, why am I here? Just to go to church? Hello? Or is there a purpose? Why have I got my business? Is there a purpose? Is there something bigger than just me and my wife and my family? Or together do we, and what we're called to do as individuals, have a bigger purpose? Somebody shout hallelujah. The house of God. Come on, amen. We're here to build the house of God. Come on, amen. And so Haggai. By the way, here's the two prophets. This prophet, his name is Haggai. This prophet is Zechariah. And Zechariah and Haggai get together and they go back to Jerusalem. Now, you got to see this. Because they begin prophesying. Remember the book of Haggai. Haggai walks into the streets and walks down the streets of Jerusalem and he begins to prophesy. Points his fingers up on the, on the hillside of, the, of, the, of the, the people and he says, Oh, you that dwell in your sealed houses, come on down and build the house of God. It is time. And they argue, like most Christians do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> come on, hallelujah. Then they say, it's not time. And you follow through the prophecies. In fact, the whole book of Haggai is actually several prophecies. And Haggai begins, it is time, it is time, it is time, it is time. Come on down from those shield houses and come on down and get some wood and some timber. And, and get, some, get, get some wood and, and get some stone and bring it on down. And we'll start building the house of God. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And so after several prophecies... The, the, they begin to respond, and they're coming down with the timber and the stone and, and the equipment that's necessary, and they start building the house of God. <clears throat> and when they start building, now listen, when they start, when they start cooperating, everybody said cooperating. <laughs> when they start cooperating with the vision that God has given for the building of the house of God, suddenly their pockets that have been empty, the money's been thrown through their, through their pockets, start filling up. Read it, Haggai chapter 1, verse 3, 4. And they start getting blessed. Prosperity begins to come to their lives, and God starts giving them promises. And he says something like this in chapter 2, and I think it's 14 and 15. He says, the latter house will be greater than the former. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then he says in the last few verses, from this day forward, I will bless you. Come on, somebody. 
I'm going to tell you something. When you get involved with God and his house and it becomes part of your priority and your purpose, all of a sudden the blessing of God comes down on you. Hallelujah. Your business begins to multiply. Things begin to happen. And the glory of God begins to fit in your, in your life. And the glory of the latter house becomes greater than the former. Come on, amen. Come on, somebody. Shout hallelujah. People say, if we could just get back to the book of Acts. Well, God's promise is double. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Because God wants to do something bigger, better, greater. Everybody said bigger. Bigger, which means more people won to Christ. Come on. Bigger, more disciples, more churches. The city the island evangelized. The nations reached. Come on, there it is, to the ends of the earth. Bigger. Everybody said bigger. Better. Which means better church. Better people. Come on, somebody showed hallelujah. Remember, a businessman came into the church, and, and uh, he, he really liked the church, and so I, as he was there, I went, went. I said, "What do you like about the church?" And and he said, um, "Now I thought he would say something like, well, Pastor, you're such a wonderful pastor.'" <laughs> I thought he might say, "Pastor, your sermons, your messages are so wonderful. I just feel like I get fed every week." He didn't say that. I said, well, what do you like about the church? And he said, it's the people. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Because the people were better people. Come on, as a result of coming to church. Come on, somebody. And he said, it's the people. And I patted myself on the back and I said, well, I'm the preacher that taught them how to live. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Bigger. Better. Greater greater influence that comes in and through your life and through your local church. God has big plans for Kauai Bible Church. I've come here, got on an airplane, come on, amen, came over here. We're doing a conference over there, pastor and his wife, and some of you were there at the ALS conference. It was a wonderful time. Got on the plane to come over here to tell you that what God has said, is about ready to come to pass. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. If you'll see it, believe it, and take action for it, the next two years are significant years. I've been prophesying all over the world. We've come out of COVID. Talk about Habakkuk chapter 1 about violence and trouble and pandemic and da 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 all that. How many thank God we're still here? Come on, amen. Hallelujah. I've been telling people the next two years are years of, in some places, rebuilding the church, building the church, and then moving in the third year to multiplication. This church will build itself strong in the next two years. You'll get your building plan ready to, to go. You'll build the buildings, come on, in the next five, six, seven, maybe three, four years from now, and you will see God at work through Kauai Bible Church. And what he said in the beginning years and in the vision years 
of your pastor. Come on, amen. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You see, you've you got to understand. I'm going to try to wrap this up. Heather says yes. <laughs> see, this vision, this church is, let me describe it to you. It's a vision-driven, leadership-led, team-built church. Say it with me. Vision-driven, leadership-led, team-built church. Now, here's the program of God. God gives to the leader the vision. Somebody shout hallelujah. The vision doesn't come from the board. The vision comes to the leader. God gives the vision to the leader. The board, the team, everybody say, well, we're just going to take the vision. We're going to find a way to make that vision happen. Come on, amen. Vision-driven, leadership-led, team-built church. Now look at somebody and say, I'm on the team. Hallelujah. You're on the team. Vision-driven. So my pastor, I'll tell you a funny little story. I had a wonderful pastor for over 40 years. His name was, was Pastor Mel Davis. I passed away. 87 years of age just a year and a half ago. And I said to my pastor this many years ago, I said, Pastor, what kind of a church should I build? This goes back 30, 35 years. Now, I thought he would say, build it according to the Bible. Which, yeah, you're going to build it according to the Bible. Of course you are. I said, Pastor, what kind of a church should I build? Would anybody like to know what he said? This is what he said. Build the church you would like to go to. Come on, Come on somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Pastor, whatever you can dream. Don't just build one of these churches. I drive up and down the beautiful highway and I see these box churches with a cross on top. Oh, boy, don't build one of those. Come on, somebody. Place where people just go and have religion on Sunday. Come on, hallelujah. Why not build a church that has a play center for the kids? Hallelujah. A counseling center. Why not build a church that is a place where everybody wants to go and drink coffee seven days a week? Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Why not build a church where people want to go to church? Come on, amen. Not just on Sunday, but every, every, every day of the week. Put it in a coffee bar. Put it in a play center. Come on, somebody. Maybe you want to build a Christian school. Well, put it in there for the Christian. Whatever you need to build. And pastor, whatever you imagine. Everybody said imagine. Because Ephesians 3 says, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. And the word think is Imagine. So whatever you can imagine to be the church to be, what it looks like, it feels like, what it is seven days a week, build it for the glory of God. Somebody shout hallelujah and build it where the people want to come to church. Come on, amen. Not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. 
Put it in a good kitchen. Serve good food. Somebody shout hallelujah. Have a place where there's a party. Have your parties and jump. put in your play centers and build the church as a community center for God's great glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. And build a facility and a church and, a, and put it in your property where whatever you can imagine. I'm going to give you an assignment, Pastor. In the next 10 days, write down your imaginations. Just think about it. And think big. Don't think, can we afford it? What would you do with your life if you just had all the money in the world? There was no limitation. What about you and your business? Because God has bigger, better, greater plans for you. And you've got to see it, imagine it, and then see what God will do. Working with you, of course, you working with God and God working with you to bring the vision to pass. You know, famous verses of, and it came to pass. Now, that's usually in a negative sense. But you'll see what the Lord has said in years gone by. You will see the prophetic, the vision is a prophetic word. You'll see the word of the Lord come to pass. Now, let me ask you the question. How many of you want God's perfect will for your life? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, I'll give you the good. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody said mind. Because really the issue is the way you think. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. According to the power that works in you. Imagine, think, imagination. And power. And those things work in beautiful harmony with one another. Think imagination and power. And they work. He's able to, he's able. Everybody said he's able, he's able. To, do. to do. Exceedingly. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Abundantly. Above, all. Above all. You could ask. You can ask. Or, think. or think. Imagine. According to the power, to the power. that works in you. Now, this message is not just for the church, the corporate body. This is the message for you. In the next 10 days, I'll give you the same assignment. Write down the vision. See, so many people had dreams, and those dreams have died. And they just kind of got left aside because of some disappointment or some circumstance. Get them out of the box. Come on, write it down. Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain. Read it and tell somebody about it. Come on, amen. amen. Write everything. Get your imagination working. And, and then, you know, then put, and then put an action plan. And put some dates and times of when you want to see this vision accomplished, and you'll start taking steps, and you'll, you'll rise. Some people are here this morning, and I know your problem. You're actually living in some form of depression. In fact, there's a number of people really suffer from depression. How to get out of depression? Get a vision. Because your vision will deliver you from every oppressed demonic spirit that troubles you and tries to put you down. Am I talking to anybody or just the wind? Where's this message going? Up there? 
or down here in your heart? If you like my message, invite me back, Pastor. (laughs) Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Now, take your hand like this, put it on your heart, and say, Lord, renew, restore my vision. Help me to see what you want me to be. Help me to see my future. Help me to see and help me in our church to get involved with the vision that's coming forth through our pastor in Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm telling you, I'm on the team to fulfill the vision. And I'm telling you, God, I will do whatever it takes to fulfill the vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me talk to you for just a minute. There's maybe somebody here this morning, and you've never, you've come to church. You might have come just the first time today. You might have been here for six months or a year, and you've been sitting there. But you you come to church, but you've never really personally received Christ as your Savior and made him the Lord of your life. And I'll tell you, Jesus came all the way. The Father had a vision, sent his Son to die on a cross. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. He came. He was born. He, he walked, you know, the streets of, of, of Jerusalem and Galilee and, you know, did all those things. And he, he came and he, he lived and he died because he had a vision to see you in 2024 come to Christ, come to him and experience the joy and the fullness and the forgiveness of your sins and a new life. You're here this morning and say, Jesus, thank you that you have a vision for me. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Are you here this morning? And you just identify and say, yeah, I I, want to pray that prayer right now. And I'll put up my hand. One, two, when I count three, just put it up. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, but one, two, three, and I'll count three. Put your hand up on three. One, two, three. Yes, I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. Now, everybody, put their hand up. Say, Lord, I receive you as my Lord. Savior, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I'm yours. I belong to you. You belong to me. I'm your child. From this day forward, I will live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, the second step is get baptized. Yeah. February 25th. Yeah. February 25th. You know, and we're going to put another light in there just for you. Come on. Hallelujah. I like this idea. Take the next step, the next step, and then God will begin to show you his perfect will for your life because he knew you before the foundation of the world. He had a plan that you'd come to this church on this day and you'd make that decision. Hallelujah. So everybody put your hand up and say thank you for what you've done in my life today. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, 
At the count of three, I want you to give the Lord the best shout you've ever given in your life. Are you ready? Yes. One, two, three. <laughs>